Welcome to Hardy White's Guide for the Perplexed. Now, it's not Maimonides' Guide for the Perplexed. In 1190, Rabbi Moses ben Mammon, also called Maimonides, also called the Rambam, which is a fun acronym. I called him Mo when I knew him. He didn't like that. He wrote a book called God for the Perplexed. How is it different from my God for the Perplexed? Well, his had answers in it. And I guess that's fine, but it scares me. I always am frightened of people who have certainty. I think that a lot of times, perfect certainty corresponds to being in a cult. No, not always, but there's, I don't mean to put down cults. Oh my goodness, there's good and bad ones. How do you tell? A bad one would be they make you eat poison applesauce. Bad cult. And what's a good cult? Well, maybe you just have to sell nutrition supplements to your friends. I mean, that's not good, but it's not evil, right? Especially if they're very, they're tasty, and maybe they will help. Who knows? Like, you don't know. And I get a chocolate-colored Lexus if I sell enough. So that's exciting. And that isn't something that happens when, if I'm in the UFO death cult. But you'll see they have such great certainty. Say, come with me. The UFO is picking us up on this spot, on this date. Here are their names. Okay? Pee and poo or whatever. You can, one of them has orange hair. Here are their beliefs. And that's very specific. My goodness. I don't have such specific beliefs. You know, I have nothing but questions. And I think if I was in your cult now, all my questions would be answered. And they said, well, when you get to the next level, though, there's going to be all new questions. And then I say, well, hang on. That's what I've got here. So I'm just going to keep going it confused. I don't mind. I like being uh, perplexed. But I think you've got to look at the perplexity. I mean, I like being in a funhouse, but I don't just stand there frozen. I like to explore. I like to walk into mirrors and, and big glass panes and things like that. I like to try to figure out where I am. I don't want to stop figuring. So it's like when you do that, you've uh, stopped acknowledging the dimension of time because things are changing constantly. So if you've got a really pat answer, you've got an outfit picked out, time changes everything like the weather. So I finally arrived on a way that I'm going to dress. So how's that? In this wool, I've got this. Oh, no, better than that. I have the big animal skin fur coat from the Robert Altman movie, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, okay, that Warren Beatty was wearing. And I'm going to wear that all year long in where? Central Florida. So no, that would, be, that would be a problem. Say maybe one day a year it's going to be chilly in Orlando or something and you might need that. But most of the time you're, you're going to have to change your clothes every time the weather changes. Oh, be, to be flexible, to be, as Bruce Lee said, like water. Why did he say to be like water? He said, well, I'm thirsty. So why don't you be like water? And I said, no, I don't know what that means. But no, I don't think so, my friend. I'm going to be like something else, but I don't want to be like Kool-Aid because I don't want to give you something like that. So, oh, this is so sweet. This is what I always wanted, Hardy. I feel I drank. I was low energy, and I drank of your Kool-Aid, and now I feel like I've got all this energy. Well, right, yeah, but it's it's not the kind you want. It's not the kind you want. I'm more of a, you say, let's have some nuts or something like that. And then it'll be slow, time release. Let's have some whole grain truth and let, let it break down slowly over time in your intestines. And that way you won't get a big rush of intellectual insulin. What is that? Well, I don't know. And uh, I'm not going to tell you because I'm not going to tell you something I don't know. I could make things up and it seems like that's a big thing to do today is to lie and then say, well, I lied, but nothing you can do now. And it's, oh, you got me. That's kind of a new, some new morality that we're trying out. That's okay. That's fantastic. I like to tell people whether I know whether I'm lying or not, just so they don't think, you know, something's going on. 
I mean, I'd rather them think I was evil than crazy. So, uh, or would I? I don't know. But I, I, when I lie about my, I lie the opposite. And say, have you, you know, what schools have you been to? Or, oh, none. <laughs> because I don't want to, I want to drag them down. I don't want to mention schools I've been to and then say, oh, you know, you're embarrassing us, Hardy. You didn't learn that here. That's what my mother always says. You know, you didn't have, you didn't learn that here. You know, I said, I like, uh, I've always liked lima beans. My mother would be like, you never had them at our house. All right. I understand that. So uh, I want to invite you into my house, friend. And we're going to try all sorts of foods. And then half of them we're going to spit out. But here's the thing. Don't clean it up because later we might develop a taste for it. And we're not literally spitting out food. I'm not, I don't want you to do that. We're not good. Hardy says to go to his house and eat spit up. I never said that. I was just making an analogy. Gosh, this is why I don't uh, a lot of times have classes at my house anymore. Well, first of all, I never did. But, you know, second of all, if I had, I would have stopped by now. Because I don't have anything to teach you. Now, I could if I... I'm the kind of person, this, let's say we belong to a club together. And you had to every week come in and say, now next week, Hardy's going to teach us how to play some card game I don't know, let's say. And I go, oh, uh uh-oh, I better go study. Now I could do that and go and as part of the group, go learn my thing and come back and kind of brief everybody. That's more how teacher I am. But this idea of, you know, when they you ask you at 15, say, what would you like to become an expert at? And maybe you could study it for 30 years and then tell people about it. So I don't know. You're, you're confusing me. I think I'd like to, can I just go have adventures? They said, well, no, not really. There's this thing called eating and sleeping. And I go, okay, I understand that. So you do, you fall into something. But, you know, there's all ways to deal with that. I learned that from Jungle Book. So you can be dependent on people or you can, you know, be a leader or you can have a wonderful, completely fulfilling, parasitic kind of life. Well, not parasitic, symbiotic, you know. Oh, there's lots of that and you learn that in the, oh, there's stuff riding on the back of the turtles in Finding Nemo, isn't there? And you go, we're doing fine. Everybody's doing fine together. And, uh, you know, we just help each other out. That's all. We need all types in our community, including Otis the town drunk. So what, what does Otis do during the day? I know people have talked about that. This is from the Andy Griffith Show for you young people. And for, boy, it's like me. If it was, I was your age, it'd be like talking about the silent movie era. Time just goes so fast. And now my youth is some weird distant, shaky, black-and-white place of, of the ancients. And that's something, that's the way it was for me when I was young. You know, I think about that, like, I, let's say I'm going to school in the 70s, you know, oh, here about school, I love my school. I never said that. But then, uh, let's see, 50 years earlier would have been the what now? 20s. Okay, the 20s. And we, you know, it wasn't even on my radar. The 20s was some strange, distant time where there was things called flappers. And what were they? I don't know. So a lady wearing a fringy thing or something and then her hair short? I don't even know. My great, great aunts kind of grew up then. So they were like 20s gals. So I had that. I'm thinking about like Aunt Helen when she dances. Yes. That's 20s. That's the 1920s. Because I had a fun-loving Irish-American aunt who would do little fun 20s dances. But that now, let's see, what's 50 years ago? I don't know. No, nobody knows. 70, 1970, maybe something. I guess. Yeah, so that's, my gosh, now we're 50 years from then. So when I was a little kid doing, uh, uh, folding up the flag because I was in safety patrol, that's like I lived in the 20s. So if I was to do my little dances now, what would that be? Um, the hustle, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'd do it for you if I could do it. I should have been paying attention, but I wasn't. 
I was studying other stuff. What were you studying back there in school? Doesn't, I can't remember now. I just, you know, I remember the, all the failures and things like that. I know I learned things. And I went on to learn how to learn, which is better. And how to gain knowledge, how to find people who are experts at things. How to find those people who at 15 decided they were going to be scientists or something and then went on and, and did it. And I am so thankful for them because somebody has to do it. It ain't going to be me. But I want people like that to do I'll do it anything they want. I'll give them free biscuits or whatever they need to go on and develop these things that I might need. I have no resentment for people who are my intellectual or whatever uh, superior. It has not, does not play into my self-image whatsoever. I never feel less of a person because Einstein existed. I really don't. I don't feel uh, equal to folks like that. I don't feel like I... I feel like I have human rights, just like they do. So I mean, I agree on all those things, but you know, we've, to each, we all get different gifts, and some of them are terrible gifts that have just been regifted, like that, or some are thoughtless ones. No, I don't know. They're not. We we do things. We don't have to be gifted at them to do them. I just do things. I don't feel like I don't know that innate talent is whatever. You know, you got, uh, who's going to prove me wrong? You have to be, most of the time you're dead by the time people go, you know, Hardy wasn't right. So you just, I just kind of say things. But uh, my goodness, it's a, it's not, everything, if you get like me, say eventually you're not going to be able to speak Hardy. Why is that? Well, you'll start to doubt everything that comes out of your mouth. And you'll think, is that necessarily true? But, you know, things are temporarily true. I know that's for sure. So, you know, you can say the cup is on the table, and it really is functionally a true thing. It might not be true tomorrow. It will be true tomorrow, which is sad. It'll probably be true a week from now when someone will have to say to me, oh, my God, where are all the cups? And I have to say, they're all on my desk, so I'll go get them. I'm sorry. I don't ever bring anything back. I'm always moving forward in time, which is why it's hard for me to put my clothes away. Oh, I know that you're the same way. So if I could only get organized. Oh, we long for time to freeze. We long for things to remain still and unchanged. So we watch television shows where a lady shows us how to fold our clothes like they're in origami. And then how to tessellate them in boxes so that there's no open space between you know what i'm saying they all fit they, everything is so ordered and said so what is that is that a brick wall and you go no that's my t-shirts and they're all in there and what you what looks like mortar are hankies so then you feel oh, and everything is i know where everything is i know where everything is so i can be i can have stillness right and what you want is time to stop stop time oh this constant churning it's like being on a how am i supposed to organize things if i'm on a river i wasn't in the same place two seconds ago how do you all live on this train every time i set wash out to dry on the train i'm miles away from it so time is a weird uh, thing and hard to live with and so you want to freeze it, and the chaos that ensues seems so unusual. I am perplexed. I will lose myself in this confusion. I feel so imperfect compared to others. Look how together they have it. Well, you know, come on. Did you ever see Star Trek? I was watching, and they go, look at this wonderful society. Everybody live it. And then I went, hang on. There's four types of clothes. No, 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 no. They're just all wearing the same color. It looks like Norwegian high school classes. Is that right? Did I get the right country? Where they're in the high school year, one of them, they all dress alike and ride on buses and drink and beat people up or something. All my Norwegian listeners are going, yes, you, how did you find out about that? I'm pretty sure Vicky told me because Vicky has been to Norway and met the queen. And she performed there. No, she did. That's true, the queen part. Not super sure, but I will check with people like us, Vicki Bennett. Um, 
who is the fact checker for this show. Did you know that? No, that's, that's not. There is no fact checker for this show. And there are for a lot of the podcasts you listen, listen to. Um, so it turns out John is a murderer. They have to, so they have to go, like, check that, you know, uh, because if there's people listening, a lot of the things you say have to be true, especially if you're mentioning a living person. So I go on here and I, you know, if I talk about somebody, I go, oh, you know, Jim Rockford. I know he's not real, so that might be a little bit different. But uh, I don't know. Mita Rosenberg's estate or something might go, well, you can't say it. Um, but, you know, you got to be sure it's, it's true. Well, I don't really deal with facts, but I don't deal with lies either. So people know that. They go, he's not, he's not saying the wrong thing. For, uh, for malicious reasons. And as far as I know, it is not against the law to be incredibly uh, ignorant. It's also not against the law to be confused. It's just that there's pressure, you know, because people are selling things. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's social pressure towards certainty. And if you seem like you're confused, they think, oh, uh, when I would watch Bewitched, as a child, I don't know if you're familiar with this wonderful show, and I just was talking to Taylor briefly about the Darrens, and so I remembered something else. There was a the character on there, um, not Aunt Alice, Aunt Clara. She was very, she did that. That was her shtick. What was her catchphrase? Which is a hell of a thing, because it's just sound. But... Um, there was, all, there was another, Aunt Alice Ghostly was another character, but this Aunt Clara was an older, so awfully confused. But see, she seemed the most normal to me because everybody on TV has it a little too together. And I like the people that seem utterly baffled because once again, she is living in this strange situation of, of where the world of witches and wizards collides with the world of advertising. Tate McMahon, and uh, it's that nexus right there that makes it so interesting. I can't, when the show was pitched, they'd say, witches, yeah, go on, advertising agency. Whoa, what? Say, look, it's like Mad Men. We haven't had Mad Men yet, but it's like that. But then it's like the witches. Which, which, which is like the movie where the chess girl flies nude in the forest. Those kind of witches. But then it's a comedy. Do you follow? And then we have lots of campy. All the guest stars, other words, are very campy. And the, the whole magic thing might be a very veiled metaphor for something else. But we're going to have people like Paul Lynn on and all sorts of things. What do you mean by the veiled? Well, listen, I'll tell you this. Those two Darrens aren't married. I mean, I don't buy that <laughs> marriage at all. Do you? Look at her. Bless all of them. Uh together there it's hard to make a television show it's hard to make a radio show so i don't even try i don't even try really i do i try and i don't try i want to reach hearts and i know there's different ways to do it but if you came to me and you said hardy i want to be in the music business i would say which one and you go the music business okay i just wanted to make first of all i wanted to clear that up now what is your uh, genre and they go, well, that's the thing. I don't know that I, you know, have picked, I haven't picked a genre. So, well, you need to pick a genre because uh, the music business is really about, a lot of times, being a genre because you're saying business. Now, if you said, I want to do music, I want to make music, that's a totally different question. So, yeah, music business, music. Now, they can, you know, you can do both, obviously. Like say, I want to be a comedian, but I also want to be a rabbi or a dentist. And you'll notice a lot of them do both. And you go, oh, God. I mean, I'm glad, you know, ultimately I'm glad you went to dental school. But on the other, on the other hand, and I'm happy for you that you're also being able to be a comedian. But I would just like to say this, that a lot of comedians that are successful do not have the advantage of having their hands in your mouth. 
during that. Now, I know some do, but there's a thing that happened at the comedy store one time, and they went, no more hands in the audience's mouth. And then they wouldn't let it from then on. But let's say you got a hold of somebody's sore tooth. There is no pressure to laugh, though. And I wonder if there is in shul. Like I said, oh, gosh, this is a comedy rabbi. You'll, you'll see that a lot. And there's a lot of comedians that are failed clergy because they picked the wrong option. So I should have picked just performance, and it would have saved a lot of pain and jail time. So now I'd be, you know. But I'll tell you what, picking, choosing, how's it even done? I try to do it. I try to do it without doing it. I try to do it without being conscious of it. How do you make decisions, Hardy? Well, I try to look into the future. But then I don't, you know, I don't fall in love with any one idea of what the future might be. So we go around predicting things all the time, right? That's our relationship to time is you got to predict things. So that's why you want things organized. That's why you want all your laundry put away and folded correctly. That's why you want all your closets read up and neat where you can find things. That's why you want some organization in your life because you walk around predicting the future. And oh, that's so hard. Oh, my goodness. And so you've got to come up with all these scenarios and then plan for them. So you've got to have everything together. Now, you know, you've done the opposite. You've just careened into the future without thinking about things, making terrible decisions. And then the consequences have sometimes endured for years ago. Boy, am I riding out a bad decision. So you can't not look, right? You've got to look into the future. You've got to see all those things that may happen. Now, how do you do that? without being scared and blocking some of them out because you don't want to live in a state of panic. Now, sometimes I get that way about my health. I go, oh, God, if I have this, that I'm going to get sick and I'm going to die and everything like this. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe not. It's, gosh, it's all like that pretty much. You know, it's the near future that you can sort of navigate. The far future, the intermediate future, and some people can do it well, and others, it just, who knows? It isn't a contest, thank God. I mean, the prize is death. So that's wonderful. So what do you get if you get to the end? You get to stop, I guess, but then there's no, you don't get to participate in the world of verbs. So what do I get when my life ends? Well, there's no more getting. We're doing, probably. I don't know. I mean, I've just, I don't know from your perspective. I've looked at dead bodies, and I go, okay, they're not doing anything anymore. And that's why we finally figured that out, and I go, okay, I guess that's, you know, that probably is not Papa anymore. So we should, you know, if he is somewhere, we're going to not see it. And I'm not doing a seance, because I just don't have time. Because I've got a plan for the big festival, because that I know is coming. For instance, or planning for the uh, WFMU Marathon. You know, I always plan for that. Even if like at the last minute might something might happen or whatever. You get, you know, you generally plan. And as it gets closer, my plans have to conform more to reality. So I'm going to be speaking to you in March this year. If you're there. If you're not there. And in fact, last, I didn't haven't done a live performance in two years, and that one was never broadcast. Isn't that amazing? That's just a little bit of trivia. That one remains in the, uh, in the archives, buried somewhere. But it never, it was never, it was about uh, monsters, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, but it never was, and then there was a two-year break for a global pandemic. And then there, there's this year where uh, I'm going to talk to you again, in person maybe, if you're there. Again, you have to be there for it to be in person. And then I will stand in front of you and I will say something. And I do I know what I'll say right now? It's vague. It's just like walking across a big field. And I can see that in the distance. I can see it a little bit, some shape. But I don't know if it's a house or an elephant. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a ship or a mountain. I don't know if it's a large capybara or a small uh, 
Megalodon. I'm just making, I'm just grabbing words now. But I move closer to it. As I move closer to it and approach it, it comes into focus a little more. And as I come up on it, I can start to make it out a little more. Now that is where, that's about my sweet spot for starting to plan. Like I never, I never start, if I say, is that an elephant or a building? I don't simultaneously plan for elephant and building. I just plan for big thing. And then I'm going to trust that as I move closer to it, I'm going to see whether it's an elephant in the building. Sometimes I can smell it. Sometimes you can't tell the difference. I've been in buildings. We go, is this a building or am I inside an elephant? It could be either one. You know, the book of Jonah will do that to you. Say, am I, am I inside a ship? If you, uh, be careful what kind of drugs you take if you're going on a cruise because you could be laying there and thinking, am I in a whale? Am I a prophet? Well, was I sent to Nineveh to warn the king to change his ways and I didn't do it? Or I did do it and then he repented and so I got, I'm confused. What's What happened is was I eaten by a, a whale? Because that's not a fish, that's a mammal. And, and, and did the whale also eat? This cot or whatever I'm laying on. I haven't been on a cruise. I don't know what you sleep on. Just a normal bed. I don't want to go on one. Bless you. I'll, be, I'll go tour a ship like say, oh, this is old, uh, World War II ship. You can walk around it. But the kind that have casinos on them. Come on, floating mini Vegas. I, mean, I guess that's fun. Whatever. It's also terrifying to me. Because you think no one's in charge at home. I don't think you realize at sea just what absolute anarchy it really... I mean, you are absolutely in a position of um, <laughs> of chaos and you don't know it. Being on a boat at sea. And you don't realize that nobody is really in charge until something happens. And then you think, oh man, this is uh, kind of every man for himself kind of thing. And I don't even know these other people. So I find it absolutely terrifying, and that I love. I love that part. But uh, I mean, a lot of people, you know, think that situations are under control when they're not, think they're not when they are. Oh, bless you. Give me a hug. Come on, this is a mid-show, mid-show hug. Because you can, let me just, you're all right. Don't stop comparing. You know, this is not, you compare, you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy. If you compare yourself to yesterday, you, you'll drive yourself crazy. So don't even do that. Past you is, you know, don't worry about that. You can, you can do things and you can take action and you can plan without the fretting. The fretting is a symptom like a fever that should be once it starts, find out why, and then do the thing that you're fretting about and shut the, shut the fretting off. If it's vague fretting, consider that it might be hormones or something, you know? So just to figure out what it is, get rid of the that, and then, uh, you know, I finally, was, uh, someone said, hey, depend on your wits, Hardy, and I said, oh, I will, and I did that for a while, and I go, uh-oh, you know, my wits are not as good as or sharp as they should be. They're like, it's like I have a sword, but it's a Tai Chi practice sword, so it's not going to cut a boo. But it is, you know, it's maybe it's scary or something. So I depend on those. That's my wit. And it will not slice through some bamboo, uh, what's the word, fascies, a bundle of sticks. But I, it's still, it's enough. And I love it. I love my wits, my simpleton ways. And other people help me and I can help other people too. I'm helpful. I like being helpful. And uh, I like getting out of being helpful. That's all. That's fun too sometimes. And uh, gosh, I'm not, I am, a, I have a lot of contradictions in me, but they're all temporary. You know, because I'm never one way very long, I find. Because I am a driven leaf, I am a perplexed 
paper boat on a river. And I am just trying to navigate it a little. I have blurry distant vision. I have better close vision. So I manage what I can. And if things get a little scattered or chaotic, that's okay too. Now, uh, I didn't want to put people down for organizing their sock drawer. I do that too. Sometimes it's just therapeutic. Sometimes you think, if I could get my clothes together, maybe I wouldn't need to get my emotions together, or maybe they'll just fall in line too. So I'm going to say how now how to fold your, and pack your soul. How do you do it? Uh, grab, this, grab your shoulders. Shake them. <laughs> say, wake up, I love you. I love you, you. You're all right. You're just me. Look in the mirror. Say, hi, you're me going the other way. I am. I'm me looking from the opposite direction. That's right. You're me. You're looking from the future to the past me, and I'm looking from the past to the future me, and right in the middle where our, our gaze meets, oh, reflection. That's it. That's the spot where we live. That's where we, uh, we entangle our, our world lines. Oh, my goodness. So I'm doing a lot of reading for the show I'm going to present uh, on stage. And a lot of the reading is about time and even like preposterous theories of time. Why read wrong things? Because you can read wrong things or wrong scientific ideas if you don't then base anything on them or use them for anything but art, you know. So I wouldn't, don't build your time machine on principles that are incorrect. But you can certainly uh, use them for all sorts of things. And they do inspire art. Did you know that? Uh, maybe. Okay, well, I'll be giving examples, which is great. So I just have to read up on a lot of things. I have to read some plays. i got to refresh my memories because I got an idea and I'm, I'm working on it. And it's, uh, you know, it'd be nice if it were uh, done. But it's usually not done until the day before or hours before because I'm still thinking about it, because I'm still trying to picture the future. And then I get there, and then I'm in that moment that I've kind of foresaw in my mind, and it's like it, and it's not like it. And I can't even, I, I know you know this feeling, but it's pretty, it's kind of wonderful. And uh, I dwell there in those moments, and I try to savor them, and I try to make them stick, you know, because I remember, like, you know, I say things uh, about time or mortality. And some of them are, you know, kind of, maybe they're sentimental. I don't know. I love people. And I, I, I get bonds with them, you know. You, uh, the re- affection is returned. We have this relationship on the radio. And so, you know, when I'm speaking to people, a lot of people in that uh audience I legitimately love. I might not know them well, but I really do care about them. And I'm, when I'm with them, I care even more. You know, the intensity of someone's presence is just undeniable. You can't, you, it's much more difficult to deny somebody in person. You know, you let them in a lot of times. And uh, so I do that, you know. And so I would say in those shows kind of glibly in a philosophical way, you know, this moment is all there is, and there may not be future, and next year when we come back, some of us will be gone, and damn, the first time it happened, the first time that somebody I loved and knew died, and they weren't there that next year, it was so strange to me, because I had made the memory so solid, you know, I had just taken that and fixed it in amber, and so when the, when the reality of something that I just kind of predicted because the odds are, you know, not because I foresaw anything, just because odds are some of us aren't going to always be here the next time. Now it's happened a lot, you know, and it's a, it never stops being strange. But it also makes me realize that I was right to savor those moments, man. I was right to, to, to grant importance to them, to grant intensity to them, to take all the flavor out of it. Children know how to do that. Say, I'm going to give you something, a candy or anything, 
and I'm going to watch you uh, just take all the flavor out of it, even if it's not an actual food, you know? And it's a wonderful thing to watch. Watch a child eat a, one of those like cream-filled cookies or something or lick all the frosting off of a Pop-Tart, you know? I just want to do that with the moment with you when we're together and sharing something because I'm going to be able to say something or share a story and you laugh and you go, oh, that's right, man, Hardy's right. Maybe my heart feels lighter. I feel uh, maybe inspired or I've got an idea based on something he said, you know? And then we look at each other and we've got this thing and life takes on a different quality and a different, what's the word I want, resolution, you know, it becomes, it comes into focus a little bit, even though everything is moving and, and moving forward and moving along. It's a strange feeling. Um, imagine, think of your world line. You know, it's a creepy thing to do. Think of your uh, Duchamp nude descending a staircase person. That is that everything you, let's say everywhere you've been, you continue to be. So just you're a big weird worm. You know what I mean? Like if it was a Let's take a picture of every place you were, and then you just stay there. So all of our lives are like that. I think they're called timelines, right? We, or world lines, rather. And I've done a whole, did a whole show on that. Isn't that fun? But uh, you know, imagine that for a minute, and imagine that the way you experience life is just blinking. And you, you, you blink open, and you see it like sort of frozen. And you blink again, you blink open, but it's frozen in another. But what you don't see is that. Everything all together, happening all at once. It's impossible to see. It's a, something you feel and ride. And even if you couldn't see it, you wouldn't understand it. Like, you know the way you watch a river and you go, that water's moving. You go, which water's moving what? And you go, this, the water is moving. You know, where, where, where? You can't point out any one detail. It's like when you paint it. You're never going to paint. Nobody paints a moving stream like that. The wave is never still there. It's a, just an idea. It's a gestalt, you know, you can't, you're not really seeing it, just sort of uh, experiencing, imagining it. There's too much going on in that river. So you just see the kind of noticeable things like a fish going by, but the water itself, the water itself, oh, it's a torrent. It's rushing by, it's time. It's time. Time isn't ticking. It's whooshing. Just like that. He sounded like a... <laughs> My name is the Hardy, and I sound like this. So that's my David Lynch tribute. You know what? There's two... Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's two things that I find that make my, that shouldn't upset me that do. And that is, uh, and it's always, it's usually people that look like me, okay? Maybe even my age, my type. Either doing the Monty Python, um, Mrs. Conclusion voice, or a David Lynch impression, like a yelling Gordon Cole, David Lynch impression. I mean, I love people who do both. I love that. I love you. I'm just telling you, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for me. I guess it's a narcissism of minor differences. It's a, it's a cringe thing on my part. I go, God, have I done that? And I have, I have. And so uh, maybe it's just that, you know, I'm never, I love that. I don't mind cringing though. It doesn't. It's not because I'm ashamed. I don't. Doesn't go that far. I just like, uh, you know, just sighing. I go, boy, you blew that. It makes me feel okay. You know, once you've messed up, you don't fear messing up as much. So uh, th that's what happened to me. You know, once you look like an idiot. I mean, I don't go trying to look like an idiot, but I mean, once it's happened and you realize that the, you survived the consequences, it's just so much better. You know, I, I cringe and roll my eyes at things I've done and things I've said and everything, but, like, I didn't, I survived it. You know, it wasn't, wasn't fatal emotionally or physically, so 
you know, I know even when I fail, sometimes it's not as bad as I fear. And, uh, you know, even if I were to do it spectacularly, the way to deal with that is like, I guess we got work to do. That's all. You know, it's just coming up with stuff to do. That's it. Just find stuff to do, I guess. If you were asking me specifically, if you were like, if you had opened this guy to the perplex that's just a mirror, like those novelty birthday cards where you open it up and it says, you want it's on the front, it says, do you want to see some real old face? And then you open it up, it's the mirror, you know, and you see your own face, which is not, you know, that's a little, that's not super kind. But, you know, oh, ha ha. But if that's not enough for you to say, I'm perplexed, what what's the answer? And I say, the answer is just staring at the perplexity. You might say, well, that's not enough. I do have something that's acutely bothering me. Well, then we can try to work it out and figure that out. Things do have answers. There's such a thing as physics, biology, geography. There's such a thing as actual answers. There's such a thing as the, yes, there's the right way to fix your guitar or something, you know. Come on. So that, those, are, those are real things. There's real facts. And then there's things at the edge, which are debatable. And uh, we just hover around there mostly. Because if you come to me for specific things, I'm sorry. It's not this, that's not what kind of place this is. And I should do. I should be talking about murders. Here's a case. This case has been unsolved. Uh, there's a murder. There's a murder. Murder. But the interesting thing about this murderer is there's no victim or murderer. And it's not a murderer. It's just gum. Gum. Got stuck somewhere. Mmm. Who did that? Well, I guess that's not very interesting. Maybe it does have to be a murder. And, uh, but, oh, gosh, I don't know. You know, there's just a lot of emotions going on there. You get, That's one of those stories, if you were to put yourself into it and really try to feel what the characters are feeling, it could uh, hurt you. That's why I always thought that uh, those uh, emergency room shows were very popular there for a while on television. And you'd be watching and say, why am I this stressed out? I occasionally have to go to the real emergency room with my mom or something because I don't need to, to sit on my couch and feel that necessarily. And, uh, you know, uh, and I don't want to get to this place where I just kind of turn it off and I can watch people like get their hands cut off and I go, his hands cut off. I don't want to be there either. So I'm not interested in being inured to the experience. You know, bring it on, cask strength. I'm ready to experience it. I don't need to turn things off. I don't need to turn compassion off to do things i can imagine if i had needed if i needed to do something like kill an animal i can for some circumstances don't do it well let's just say i did need it i wouldn't try to shut my emotions off you know i'd let myself feel bad or if it was like yeah if there was some struggle i was having i'd let myself struggle you know i'm killing this cow for my family because my auntie wants steak I know that's probably not a good reason, but let's just say that that was important. You go, I'm sorry, Cal. I'm, you know, I'm having to do a lot of ethical thinking and everything. But what I don't want to do and what my religion doesn't uh, want me to have is absolute certainty. Oh, no, I don't want to have that. I can still do things without having that absolute certainty. And it just seems to me that the laws of the universe are more shades of than absolutes anyway, that it rewards an ishness, that nothing's a, nothing's a complete circle. There's no such thing as three, really. You know, you're just kind of dividing things up. But there's not really three, doesn't exist. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm working like that. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling enough of what other people are feeling to want to help or comfort, you know? And that's why, I, that's why my silly show has that going on. Say, so, well, why are you always talking about that, about people's hearts being broken? Or why are you always talking about life being hard or loving one another and things like that? Well, I, gosh, 
It's just, it's important to me. And uh, every time I sit down on the microphone, I think, gosh, this is not just some, I mean, people could be listening. And I better be kind of for something. And I know I don't have a lot of facts. And I know I don't have a lot of answers. So what can I be for? I can be for you or I can be for joy or I can be for working towards it or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm uncertain, but I do know the, the difference between, between hurting and helping, or I'm searching for it, and between loving and hating. And it's, uh, I find the hating to be difficult, and it comes to me out of fear. And I don't like to be afraid. And so... I'd rather be confused than angry. And I, you know, because I think I can take better action confused than I can angry when I'm just too wee-weed up to get anything done right. And I'm trying to navigate on this leaf. I'm on a leaf. We're on a leaf together. Imagine that for a moment, like this is a child's story. And there's a giant leaf, and the leaf is the size of one of those cruise ships, and we're on the leaf but there's no gambler or anything like that. We're just sitting on a leaf and, and we're going down this river. It's just water. It's just, we don't even know if it's a river. It might be a sea, but there's a current that's carrying us. And we have each other. We'd sit together, wouldn't we? I wouldn't sit on the opposite side of the leaf. I'd say, oh my God, you're on this thing too. Let's come together. And then we feel differently. We feel differently when we're together and thinking together. And there's less loneliness. It's hard to be lonely when you're not lonely. You know, I see people, oh gosh, I've got too many people. Sometimes I just like to be alone. That's great. Get there. You know, put yourself, you, first of all, the people around you are not going to be perfect ever. Company is, lower your standard for company if you're lonely. I've had to do that sometimes. I'm getting too, you know, too picky about if you're lonely. You know, you got it. You can't be that. You can't be that picky. So I'll just, you know, go where there's people, and I feel a little less lonely. You know, and I'm thinking, well, maybe something will happen where we all have to move some big object, and we'll all come together. Um, and I'll have been there, helping, doing my part. And I thought I was just going to the mall. I didn't know I was going to help uh, lift a big tractor off of a. Uh, old lady's leg or something. I don't know if that's a scenario that's probably going to happen at the mall, but you you don't know. Uh, I've never been in one. Of the, I've seen on videos, you know, oh, we got to get this bus right back up and all the people working together. So I want a big, I hope we're pushing a big bus together, pushing it back up. I'd love to do that with you. Oh my goodness. My, my heart is, you make it so, not, not enlarged, that's the wrong word. I went to the doctor one time and I just did not have the right word for what was going on. And there was a lot of confusion. I remember saying that. So the nurse comes to goes, well, what's the problem? And I said, I've got this stitch in my side. She goes, oh, you have stitches? I don't even know. Do you need to have stitches removed? What was for? And I was like, no. And this went on for a little, a little while. I couldn't think of the word. But what do you call it when you got a little, it's not a pain. It's just a little, ow, got a little, ooh, one of those, eek. And I was doing things like that, and she was just kind of looking at me. But I don't, I didn't have the word. Pain was not the exact enough for what was going on, you know? So we didn't, we didn't have a good word. And pain's an interesting thing, too. They've got those charts with the little faces. They go, which face is yours right now? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I never know what to point to on those parts. I'm pretty effed up right now. I don't know, man. It hurts. Just bad. Just have the picture... You know, it doesn't hurt, and then bad, and I'll point to the bad or something. But you want to be a little brave. You go, oh, it's, it's probably not a 10. Oh, no. You know, uh, nine and a half. It was my, they did that with my foot when I went to the foot doctor. You go, what's the scale of the pain? I go, I don't know. I don't know what my pain tolerance is. I don't know what you all think. I wish we could do this thing where you just, you get my foot pain, and then you go, holy cow, that's a nine. Go, okay. I didn't know. I thought it was like a five. 
You know, or it could be like, I think it's a nine, it's really a two, and then, okay, I'm a little shamed now. I guess I'll just limp around. Well, that's one of the reasons that we check things, and I wanted to let you know that, you know, all these things that you're feeling are probably real. You know, they do hurt, and uh, loneliness is real, and it is painful, and uh, sometimes our pain can't be gauged, accurately quantified. It can't. You could be in absolute hell, and it might look like nothing's happening to you to other people. And that's the way it is sometimes, you know? So I figure if I could say I know that, I acknowledge that, before we even start anything, so I know that there's an iceberg under there. Under It goes way down deep. And I don't know what's, what little fishes are eating at you under the surface of the water. So I'm going to treat you like everybody's got that going on. Even the people that seem like they got everything together, they've got, oh, boy, they're lucky. Everything happens to them. They don't have the same problems that I do. They All their wishes are fulfilled. It's not sour grapes to say no. <laughs> That's not true. I know it's not true just because I'm old. And I've met people now, and I'm going like, holy cow, boy, a lot of things I thought about people are not true. Nobody's getting, Nobody's winning, really. You know, everybody's having... It's an experience, and it's scary. Oh, it's so, it's so scary. I am not scared when I'm with you, though. Not as. It's hard to be. It really is, you know. The bigger the group, sometimes, if it's just maybe just a few people who love one another and they're together, you just feel wonderfully outside of yourself and inside of yourself at the same time. I want to have that with you. I want Miracle Nutrition listeners to have that. To be able to uh, come together like that. And that's why sometimes it's just my words. Because I love to be entertaining and I want to play songs for you and all things. But sometimes I just, I want to talk to you because I can't get to the uh, center of my Tootsie Roll heart. Unless we uh, uh, lick it and then bite. Crunch through. How many licks does it take to get to the Hardy's Point? One, tahoo, tahi, crunch, owl bites into the lollipop, gets to the tissue roll part. That's fine. You could do that with a blow pop too. Now you're chewing a piece of gum. So uh, that's what I want to get. I want to get the candy surface off my heart so we can get to the gummy part or get to the uh, fudgy part, whichever it is. And I want to open that up to you. And I think that's valuable maybe you know just speaking to another human being because a lot of times they'll be uh i don't know they're not really asking a lot of people do what i do i always try to make it sound uh unique but it's not it's not unique but yeah i think there needs to be a lot of it because my gosh uh you know got to reach everybody it's like saying you know we need bakeries well we need bakeries everywhere then not just in one town. So I don't mind doing something that's maybe unoriginal or other people are doing it. We're all saying the same thing. I don't mind repeating it if you need to hear it. I don't mind doing my part. I don't mind getting up and making that bread early every day and some of it you eat and some of it you throw away. And at the end of the day, I got to throw it all away anyway. And then I get up and I make the bread. The next <laughs> if I wasn't here, nobody would be making the bread in my shop. You might have to go to the next town. I'm sorry, I just made myself sh choke because I was thinking about getting early, up early and making bread. And uh, I guess the fly, I guess I inhaled flour. I was thinking, you know, about things too, too vividly and began to experience it. And then when the bakery closes, hopefully somebody else opened up another bakery. That'll be fine too. Oh... Ask me if I care about my work achieving immortality. Tardy didn't know. And I don't. I won't be here. So what I always try to think is that it already has. Now I can enjoy it. I go, boy, <laughs> my work has achieved immortality. That's pretty exciting. I am posthumously very, very well known. I think that's an okay uh, self-delusion. Because otherwise, how am I going to enjoy it if it does happen? You know? Um, there is this idea that we get to see our, our lives after we 
live them, that we get to watch them for a while. Like, how am I doing now? I've been, I'm still, I do a, I, I uh, what do you call it, ego search, uh, ego surf on the web, even though I'm dead, because I like to say, are they still talking about me? No, you can't do that. You know, you can't look down from family circus heaven and go, look, they're still sitting in my old chair and talking about me. Nope. So, you know, I like to think it's happening now. Like, oh, Hardy, Hardy White changed the world. You can do it too. You can go, oh, change the world. I don't know your name. I could just say a name of a friend. Marinanen. Marinanen. Uh, and I changed the world. I don't think I have any friends named Marinanen. Maybe I do. I don't know if I have any Mar Do I have any Marys? Anybody named Mary? I love you. Anybody named Bragan? Bragan or Sothmara? Sothmara? Realinsa. I try to do that. I think sometimes if I just, oh, names will come out. Sometimes they do. I don't think they make any. It's like speaking in tongues, but I'm not sure who's doing the speaking. Nobody. It's my brain when nobody is in charge, which is mostly. It just does its thing. It's free play. I've had like a, as far as my conscious, I've, I've had a substitute teacher basically almost my whole life. We don't have the permanent ego. It's uh, it's a substitute ego or something that's coming in. Isn't that interesting? But that's okay. And uh, I just let myself watch cartoons and um, we get the projector out of the library. We watch a lot of old, you know, hygiene videos from the army. I was learning how to use a compass the other day. I was trying to use a compass. I've never really used one. So I was trying to figure out how to do it with a map and how to figure out where you are and all that kind of thing. So I watched an old military one. Oh, you know, there are three types of north. Magnetic north, grid north, and true north. So all this asthma stuff like that, it gave me asthma, which is where you, you've seen so many maps you can't breathe. And uh, I was like, oh, gosh, it just started to blur. And I thought, well, maybe I don't need to get anywhere. But then I thought, just wait, give it time. You know, study it a little bit every now and again. Check back in. Play with your compass. Do stuff. You'll figure it out. You know, it might not come all at once. Sometimes things take time. My whole life has been like that. It takes time. I wanted to be on the radio when I was nine. And I'm now, it's 50 years later. And most of that I was not on the radio. So, no, not most of it. Well, I don't know. Not as much as I wanted to be. Do you see what I mean? So uh, I just had to, and why? Uh, I was terrible, maybe. Just had to get better at it. Let's say it might be that way with your music. You know, just keep keep going. Maybe you go, now I'm 80 and I'm finally good. Okay, that's good. No, that's fine. You know, we know in the world, though. Lab doesn't know us anything. That's for sure. Oh, I'm so thankful for you. I'm just going to spend the last few minutes of the show being thankful, 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 thankful. Thank you. You're amazing for listening. If you made it this long, then your attention span, it's like working out. You know, if you, if you can pay attention to things that aren't designed to grab your attention, then you really will experience life more acutely. You will, it's good for you. You know, people that need to be spoon-fed things they don't have the same experience as those who go out into the woods, eyes open, no expectations, but aware. And in the moment, they're going to discover stuff. They're going to discover the big stuff. You're doing it. Thank you so much. You're listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, and online worldwide, W. Uh, uh, FMU.org. Did I say it right? If I get, if I start, uh, if I get lost, then I forget the whole thing. If you ever try to, if you ever have to do a prayer by memory in your house of worship and you stop where you normally don't stop, good luck. So that's all I'm going to say. Oh, bless you so much. Thank you for being my friend. I am blessed to be with you. See you again next week.
name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. Twins 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 name was Ebony. Thank <laughs> you. 